morning is going to be just a little bit different than uh, you might be accustomed to. And so I want to kind of overview that for you uh, for just a minute and introduce you to the people that are up here with me, and uh, then we will dive into our panel discussion. Uh, so these wonderful people up here with me, a uh, few words about them. First of all, none of us is up here as an expert. This is not an expert panel. This is a panel of practitioners where we're working and we're growing together. Uh, Fenn assured me that at 86, he has not got this all together, and so uh, that's, there's no hope for the rest of you if Fenn's still working on prayer at 86. So um, we're growing together and loving it and learning it uh, along the way. As we go. Now, a word for those of you who are very linear, uh, exegetically textual folks, uh, listeners, there are many, many weeks in the year where that, that is a learning style that works very well for you. This will not be one of them, unfortunately. So uh, we're going to have, if you can picture it, it's a little bit difficult with the shot clock going on in the background and uh, the lights on in the gym here, but this is kind of like a fireside chat, essentially. We gathered at, uh, at Jackie's home, Dave and Jackie's home, on Tuesday afternoon. We turned the fireplace on, we got our coffee out, and we just talked and listened to each other share about, this is what I'm learning and growing in the area of prayer uh, these days. And so we want to kind of translate that into this setting, as difficult as that uh, might be this morning. But stick with us. Uh, because we've been praying for you already this morning that God would speak to you through some aspect of our conversation together this morning in powerful and practical ways. Uh, speaking of practical, you'll notice a few extra tables are set up at the back, and we will be moving there later on during our time together this morning. Part of the joy with a church like ours is that we have a vast number of kids, and so every Sunday morning at about uh, 10 to 11, they disappear up into the fourth floor with Ruth Ellen and the team. And if you're not a volunteer up in Kids at the Ridge, you don't get the opportunity to go up. Something magical and mysterious happens up there every week, but you're not really sure what actually is going on. And so what we want to do is bring a little bit of Kids at the Ridge down to you this morning so as an adult, you can see and participate in what some of the kids get to do and participate in and we've got several stations, and we'll explain them later on. But the kids who are with us in grade 3, 4, and 5, you kids will be familiar with these stations already. And so you're going to have to lead us as adults because we're new at this, okay? So you kids are going to have to take a lead in reminding us what we're going to do. And we'll explain a little bit more when we get closer uh, into that in the response stations. So one of the ways that I want you to think about this morning, if you're here and gathered with us, is this is really like a prayer lab. And in a lab, one of the things that you get to do is you get to experiment with things. You get to try new stuff. You get to push the boundaries of your knowledge. And sometimes it works and, and you get to develop new combinations. Sometimes it works when you experiment with things. Sometimes it blows up in your face a little bit and doesn't work as well. And so this morning, we're going to give you just a whole bunch of different people's experiences with prayer. You may want to take some of them and practice and try it out. Some of it may feel very natural to you. Some of it may feel like it blows up in your face when you try it a little bit. But it's a lab. And so stick with it and give it a little bit of creative experimentation this morning. And so we have a wonderful group of people that's graciously uh, agreed to participate in this conversation, because each of us in this journey has been asking 
like our series title is, Lord, Teach Us uh, to Pray. And so I'm going to introduce him to you, and then we're going to dive into our conversation. And I'll keep our conversation going. I'll moderate, give some guiding questions uh, to keep us moving. But I want you really to hear more than anything, hear their hearts for prayer. You may really connect with some of them. Some of them you may say, I don't know, that doesn't seem like what I, the way that I pray. But I challenge you to try it. Stretch yourself a little bit this morning. Listen with a new set uh, of ears and eyes for what God wants to say to you and challenge you uh, this morning. So are you ready? That'd be the time when you cheer and try and compete with the basketball BC crew that's happening. You guys, hopefully none of you have tickets to the Prospects game at noon or the final Canada East versus Canada West at 5 because you've got to get a little better at your cheering than that if you're going to come out and support the LEC tonight. All right, so let me introduce uh, you to our, our panel participants. Uh, just immediately on my left here is Fen DeRosio, resident senior saint at Langley Seniors Village. Uh, he and his wife Alice have been uh, part of uh, Jericho Ridge here for a number of years. Fen's been a teaching elder at various gospel halls throughout the Lower Mainland, uh, in Calgary as well. Uh, how many chapels. gospel chapels, I'm sorry, um, in the Lower Mainland in Calgary? How many, if you added everybody up in your family, kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, assorted hangers, honors? Sort of. Sort of. How many do we have in total? Over 60. Over 60. We're up over 60 now. Uh, so that's, when you talk about praying for members of your family, I mean, Fen's got 60 people to pray for just in his immediate family alone. So, so Fen, thanks for sharing uh, with us this morning. Beside him is Lindsay Schachter. Now, if you got an info sheet when you came in this morning, I want you to take that out and have a look at it. And there's a nice big mugshot of uh, Lindsay and her husband Tyler on there. And uh, we want to let you know, you hear often uh, us talking about different people who are supported missionaries through Jericho Ridge Community Church. And that means when you give to the general budget, these people are getting an, a portion of their support uh, for what they do and what God's called them to in the different parts of the world in which they work. And so Lindsay works uh, as a mobilizer. Hooray, Lindsay! Lindsay works as a mobilizer with GAIN, uh, and that's based here in Langley. It's the uh, development arm of uh, Power to Change. And so you can read more about her bio, and she's just begun uh, to be a supportive missionary here at Jericho Ridge, although they've attended for a number of years. They've just begun in October uh, to be supported uh, workers here. So, Lindsay, we're excited about that. Um, just beside Lindsay, we have Jackie Pascoe, and uh, Jacqueline and her husband Dave are our prayer coordinators here at Jericho Ridge. And Jackie, the thing I love is Jackie's got a fantastic heart for intercession and for prayer, uh, and that comes through in all kinds of wonderful and practical ways. Now, beside Jackie is Kara uh, Lung, and Kara and her husband Howard uh, are currently in training. Uh, with our denominational organization, and they are uh, training for long-term service and work in a restricted access country in Asia. We're being recorded, so I have to be careful about what I say, uh, but uh, they are uh, wonderful people. You'll love getting to know them. Uh, Kara Hales from Washington, don't hold it against her, and uh, she has two, uh, her and her husband Howard have two wonderful young boys. Beside uh, Kara is Brian Kerr. Brian Kerr is a new dad, and so if he nods off, you will, uh, you will understand that uh, they have a brand new baby, and uh, he and his wife, Roz. And Brian works at Trinity in the admissions department in some way. I think he's 
very important there to things that happen. He's the big man on campus, so they tell me that anyway. So. Uh, and then at the end, Ruth Ellen Crosley, who is our director here on staff with us, uh, Kids at the Ridge. She's a dancer, you saw. She's an artist. She's a fantastic team member and a leader, and uh, her and her husband, Jared, have been with us at Jericho for a number of years now. So, so that's kind of just a quick bio piece so that you kind of know where uh, they're coming from. And I want to, to jump into our conversation now and uh, begin our dialogue together. And I want to start with this idea that we brushed up against a number of times in our conversation in our series on prayer. This idea that prayer is somehow something so deep, so complex, so confusing, uh, that we think sometimes that if we're not experts, we shouldn't even get into it because it just seems like something sometimes when you read about people, you see quotes about people talking about it, you know, people saying, I have so much to do, you know, I had to get up an extra four hours early to spend time in prayer uh, this morning. And we read that and we kind of go, oh, good night. Like, I can't do that. Like, is, does prayer, what does prayer look like for you? Can it be simple? Does it have to be like 60-minute blocks of time, eyes on my knees, my eyes closed, hands folded, saying the right words, or can it look differently? I know, Jackie, help us understand. I mean, you're a mom, you've got young kids at home. How does that look like? What does it work like um, for you? Well, for myself, I do love to try and get up early, but that doesn't always happen. And uh, something I read about on a blog, which I thought was so great, was the idea of throughout your day stopping and praying and actually recognizing that, okay, folding this load of laundry isn't as important as praying, so I could take two minutes and stop. And I tried that, and it didn't work at all. And um, so then I thought to set my phone. So now on my phone, I have a couple times a day where my alarm actually goes, and I have to run around the house and find it and turn it off. But in that process, I see pray for the lost or pray for missions. And so even if I can take a few minutes and actually stop what I'm doing, that's great. But if not, as I continue folding the laundry or chasing children, I have that on my mind. So it's, I'm spending more time praying than if I didn't. And I find it turns my mind to prayer even more now, like not just when the alarm goes. Other things tend to trigger it more as I make that a habit. Lindsay, you had a, you had a great image, I thought, for that, that talked about prayer more as a conversation. You want to share that with us? Um, I think sometimes we think God is like, high up in heaven but um, we don't always think that he's close to us and so one of the most helpful analogies I heard about prayer was just um, imagine God was sitting or Jesus was sitting just in a chair right beside you and what would it look like for you just to have a conversation um, you know with one of your friends so I think for me that helps just make it a lot more personable even if I'm praying in a group I just kind of imagine God like just sitting there with me and it's a conversation between the two of us so it just lets me have more of a constant personal dialogue as opposed to a set, you know, this is my prayer time to God. It's just more throughout the day with a friend. Yeah. Have, you, have any of you experienced where uh, somebody, you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden they say, let's pray. And all of a sudden it's like they're a totally different person. Their language changes, their body posture changes. They get all fancified in their tone, like they have an affected tone in their voice. Uh, we have a, a friend that does that and we're like, okay, he's using his prayer voice now. Like, it's not his regular voice, it's like his prayer voice. Uh, but sometimes, one thing, a, a group of people we can learn from in this is actually our kids. Uh, Carrie, you shared a story with us about just learning recently to kind of, a, a way of praying simply yeah. that your kids taught you. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, I was, Jonas and I were getting ready in the morning, and he was, he was struggling a bit, and I, and I asked him, what's wrong? And he said, I'm having a hard time. 
And, and so I, I just asked him, well, what, why are you having a hard time? And he, he didn't really know. And I said, well, do you think we could pray about it? And he said, he nodded his head, yeah. And he um, went into his closet in his room, and um, I got to sit in on this holy moment. Um, then I started hearing him say, God, I have a hard time. Please help. <laughs> and, and later that week, he was having a hard time again, and I asked him if there was anything he could do. And right away he said, pray. And he just said, Jesus, I have a hard time. Please help. And it was just such a good reminder to me that, like, it doesn't have to be elaborate. Um, I can just cry out for help. And so, yeah, my little two-year-old is teaching me how to pray. Fen, what else? I mean, you're at the other end of the spectrum in terms of age. What are some things that you've learned or that you feel like that God has been teaching you? about prayer? Well, at the very beginning of uh, becoming a Christian, when I said, Lord, I believe, and I was handed a Bible, I was brought up in the Catholic Church, I thought, boy, this is going to be something. I'm not going to be afraid of anything. I'm going up to Our Ladies of Sorrows Church bring my Bible with me, and I'm going to get everyone converted. And you have prayers in your mind that you think you're okay. Here's one of them. Though sevenfold storms of thunder roll and shake this globe from pole to pole, no thunderbolt will daunt my faith, for Jesus is my hiding place. I found out that everybody was against me. And so I changed my prayers. I used to go into our tiny little bathroom we had on Adnack Street and just say, Lord, help me. (laughs) But later on in life, like uh, Brad was mentioning, I've had open heart surgery and I have trouble Breathing at times. Good thing I can keep breathing. Uh, and I was laying in bed and I thought, first of all, Lord, you've got to, if it's your will, help me to get my normal breath back. And then I'll remember the family. And I started. There's 30, 32 grandchildren. There's 12 children with their spouses there's 14 great-grandchildren. And I thought, I just don't feel like it tonight. <laughs> now, so I had in my mind a big white sheet and all the names on it. And I said, Lord, there they are. <laughs> you pray for them. <laughs> you know, we have so many great examples in Scripture for us, don't we, that like that example of a sheet, I'm thinking about in the book of Acts, when, when God uses the reverse analogy to get Peter's attention, right? He's trying to say to him, Peter, let's break out and, and get on mission here across some cultural barriers. And God lets down this vision to him of a sheet with all of those animals in it in the, in the book of Acts. And quite often, in our, if we're just using words and think about it, we get stuck. But sometimes a picture is helpful for us, isn't it? So let's talk about a few, for a few minutes about what's the place of pictures or your imagination or holy imagination in prayer. Um, Ruth Ellen, I don't know, how, how do I know? Like if there's a picture that God's bringing to my mind, 
How do I know that that's not just my subconscious generating it? Like, how do I know that that's God? And what do I do with that picture? Um, I've struggled with that, and I don't know, Brad. I don't, I don't know. No, um, I have, I, that's something that I struggled with quite a bit because I'm a very visual person, and sometimes words are hard for me. And when I started exploring, what would it be like if I just gave God my imagination and just prayed with my imagination, imagining that I just see Jesus and I'm walking with him, and how do I know a picture he brings to my mind is his? How do I know, or like a prompting that I have, is that just me, or is that, is that God? And um, it's, I mean, I kind of I took a year, one year, where I decided I would try every prompting that I had, every imagination thing, I would just try it just so I could kind of start seeing what was God and what was not. And I mean, I had some pretty silly things happen. Like one time I was sitting in a chapel and I felt like, oh, I had this picture of me giving fruit that I was eating for my breakfast to this lady behind me. And it was in this Tupperware dish. I'm like, oh, okay. So I turned around. I'm like, would you like some fruit? She was like, no. I was like, okay, that wasn't from God. That was just me. (laughs) That was embarrassing. But, um, you know, it takes a little bit of being okay to be embarrassed and just trying it. But some of the things that I really have found as guidelines are, um, are they scripturally based? You know, is it, is it sound? Is it in what, what I know to be true of Jesus? Is it what I know to be true of um, how God has portrayed himself and um, his desires in the Bible? Another thing is, is people. I never, you know... I mean, if you have this image in your head and you're not sure, share it with somebody because the Holy Spirit um, works through us as a body to help clarify, and they can ask questions. Um, and two, another thing, is it something that you've been praying about and thinking about? If it is, then, you know, it can be like, oh, is it something just completely random, or is it something... Those random things are important too, but sometimes if you've been thinking or um, really um, praying about a certain thing and God gives you that image in your mind, that to me can be much more of a confirmation. Um, but yeah, praying, talking with other people, yeah, God's word. What are, what are other ways, Kara, that we can kind of stimulate our imagination? I mean, that's, that's instead of just letting God bring things to our mind, are there ways that we can actively actually choose and processes that we get involved in? I mean, you were thinking about a little bit about missions. You were saying, I'm reading this biography and suddenly things are clicking for me in terms of how I might pray in a different way. Yeah, so um, in our coursework, I'm getting to read a missionary biography, and one of the examples that she gave of how to pray for missionaries or, or the persecuted people in um, the persecuted church was to kind of um, take your everyday life situations and um, imagine what what somebody overseas is experiencing. So one of the examples that stuck out to me as a mom um, was say you're you're exhausted and your your kids are kind of you're on your last nerve and you're ready to just kind of explode. Um, if you can be thinking, if you, you know a missionary mom that's overseas and maybe in a brand new culture and struggling with language and, um, and also has several kids or maybe is, maybe is a mom to, to orphans there, to just imagine or think about those feelings that you're having and the, uh, that you're at the end of your rope and, and just imagine what, that she might be feeling those same things too. So let those experiences that you have prompt you to pray for somebody that um, is overseas. Yeah, like I was thinking recently we got an email from uh, Stephanie and Steph says, listen, I'm having trouble sleeping. And I thought, I could, I know how I feel when I have trouble sleeping. Like I could pray for that. That wouldn't be too hard. 
you know, God, give me patience with the people I'm going to encounter today. And so when you put yourself in their circumstances, it can give you another tool as to how to know to pray intelligently uh, for somebody. Uh, Brian, talk to us about some examples that you've had. If, if prayer, we've, we've used this these language of conversation, that prayer is it's a conversation with God. So that, that might help us prompt how we're going to speak to God. Let's, let's go back to that conversation Ruth Allen was kind of starting for us and think, what are some ways in which we can listen to God? Help us understand maybe some of the things that you've experienced in, in along those lines. Sure. One uh, example that comes to mind, and this is a story that if I heard somebody up here telling it, I would say, yeah, that's kind of stupid and I'd be a little bit skeptical about it, but it happened to me and I think it's pretty cool. So I'll share <laughs> it with you uh, anyway. Um, I was uh, driving to work one morning, and I was coming down 72nd, for those visual people, you can picture it, coming down 72nd, uh, heading uh, east, just about to cross over 200th, and it was pouring rain, absolutely pouring rain, and I was going through a a particularly difficult time in my soul. I was really wrestling with whether or not God was was really there, um, whether I had... um, I wasn't having enough faith in God. I wasn't trusting in Him enough. Um, I just didn't really feel like He was there. I was trying to have this dialogue with Him. I was talking to Him, and it was just, it felt like there was absolute silence um, back. Um, I sometimes get a sense that God kind of converses with me a little bit in my brain, but there was nothing. It was like He was not home. He wasn't answering the phone. There was nothing there. And so it was a bit distressing. And so I was driving to work, um, and the, the wheels of the car passed over this little object that was in the middle of the street, and it looked like, uh, like a daytimer, and that was like the old-fashioned daytimer with actual pages in it, not like circuit boards and all that, but like a looked like a daytimer. And I remembered back to when I was in university and I had lost my daytimer, and somebody found it in the middle of the road, and they called me, and I went and picked it up, and I thought, wow, that was really great. I got my life back. And so I was a few blocks down the road, and it was pouring rain. I'm thinking, there's that daytimer. I should go back and get it. I'm like, oh, that's stupid. It's raining. It's so busy. I'm getting hit by a car. I'm late for work. It's wet. I'm in dress clothes. And I got a few blocks down the road, and it was just this, this burden in my heart to go back and get that. Just go and pick that up. So I pulled a U-turn, and I went back and um, <clears throat> went pulled over to the side of the road, and it was still just raining and raining. And I mentioned it was raining. It was so wet out there. And there was a tiny break in the traffic, and I, I ran out into the middle of the road, and I picked up this, this what I thought was a daytimer, and I scooped it up, and I got back to the car. And it actually wasn't a daytimer. It was, it was a children's Bible, and it was, uh, it was a big, thick, like, padded children's Bible. And I'd just been praying, God, are you still with me? Are you there? And as I picked it up to see what it was, the page that it flopped open to said, I am always with you, Jesus. And it was just right there on that page within minutes of me asking that question. And I was just absolutely blown away that God would use that, that circumstance, that situation, um, to talk to me and, and just to let me know. It took me a while before I could see the road again to, to start driving. Um, it was raining in the car then. And, <laughs> Um, but it was just a, a really cool example of, of how God was talking to me through circumstances and situations. Yeah. Tell us any other stories of how God speaks to us in circumstances in our lives. Um, well, for me, it's through other people as well, mm-hmm. and non-discriminately, because for me, it was my daughter. We were praying one night, and uh, you mentioned Steph, and we were praying for her. She's a good friend of ours, and I asked Emilia, she's five, what do you want to pray for her? And she's like, I think we need to pray that she's safe. She has safe travels. And so a day or two later, I mentioned this to staff, and I'm like, oh, it was really sweet. She prayed for, you know, for your safe travels, you know, for your flight. And she's like, that's not what she was praying for. 
And the next morning after she'd prayed that, Steph was on the number one, going along with all the traffic, and suddenly the car in front of her was stopped. And she said there was no physical way for her car to stop. Like, she was too close. She should have smashed into the back end of this car. And she says it's as if something came down and stopped her car. And she didn't. So here I had put what my daughter had said in the framework of what I know. Oh, well, this is what it is, her flight. And then realized that, no, she heard from God. She heard God say, Steph needs prayer for safety. And she was obedient. So what are ways then that we can cultivate and speak to God? Like there's sort of uh, all kinds of examples throughout the scripture. There's about 360 different prayers that are recorded in the text of the Bible. Some are desperately long, some are desperately short. Um, What are different examples in which ways uh, that you would look at in the scriptures and, and find an example maybe of a type of prayer? Lindsay? Um, Well, we had talked a little bit on Tuesday about um, this idea of how I always think I need to come to God when I'm, like, in a good mood and ready to talk to him and, like, oh, life is good. But I really like the idea, and then Brad had wrote in here, Psalms in brackets, but thinking to David, you read through the Psalms and you see, like, he was just straight up with God. He was like, you know what, I'm angry at you, I don't understand. I think he probably would have said something like, this is stupid, like, you know, this just doesn't make sense. And I like that God can take our frustrations and he can take our anger. I think he would much rather us come to him and tell us how he's feeling than us going like, okay, God, I'm just not going to talk to you right now. I'm so upset. So I think just realizing, yeah, God can take, sorry, God can take our frustrations and our anger. um, And, you know, as long as we're willing and obedient to be wrong in that sometimes and be listening to his promptings. But yeah, I like that God's big enough. His shoulders are broad enough to take what I need to bring to him. Fen, any other examples you can think of? Some prayers in the Bible that might be a good model for us, for our own prayer life. And our Lord, help us. Yeah. <laughs> think about Peter out on the ocean, out on the, out on the sea, right? Save I'm us, sinking. Save, save us. Me. We perish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly, exactly. What about, um, I mean, you're talking about you're being, you, sometimes you get shorter breath. Like, do you have to pray out loud all of the time? Do you have to use certain words or phrases to get God's attention? Like, what are other ways that you can think of that we would pray? I usually don't say anything. Just, uh, to me, it's very serious. And I say to myself, my heart has been beating for 86 years. Now, is the Lord going to make it better? Or am I going to... Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Or are we just going to drift on until the time we're ready again? So uh, I have a prayer that you should know who said this. So should uh, Keith. If you don't, you better learn. The, The prayer is, Lord... Make me intensely spiritual, perfectly natural, and thoroughly, I forget. (laughs) (laughs) There's three little things that are uh, a good prayer for us, because we certainly need God's tender care every day. Yeah, yeah. 
Ruth Ellen, talk to me a little bit more, talk to us a little bit more about uh, aspects of prayer that don't involve words. You're talking about getting images and pictures from God. What other ways in which you have found personally that you've expressed what's on your heart to God without needing words to do so? Yeah, um, I um, recently, and this has been a journey for me, recently it has been mainly through dance because I... I, I will have something on my heart that I, I'm exhausted. Either I can't, I can't think of the words to say or else I don't seem to find the words to say it. It's something that I just can't find words to express it in. And um, so recently I've just been locking myself in my room and closing the curtains <laughs> and just turning on some music and just dancing it, it out. And it's, um, it's kind of interesting because often a flood of thoughts and will start coming to my mind that I wouldn't, I didn't even know, oh, I'm stressed out about that or whatever. Using my body to engage myself in prayer has been really effective in making my heart get there too. Because sometimes I'm like, I know I should pray. I don't really want to. So I'll just start, Lord, you know, I'm frustrated. Mm, I don't want to talk or, or I'm all happy. And I usually like, and so that's something that I've been practicing a lot more. And God has really been meeting me very much there, just in feeling sense of peace afterwards and just being able to not use words and know that God understands me. He can understand those movements. He understands that groaning. That groaning. Um, actually, that was reminding me, going back to the very first question, not only can we use things like setting our phone and stuff to help us remember to pray, but like if I was at Kids at the Ridge, I would be like, guys, every single time that you hear a buzzer, we're going to say, Lord Jesus, be with us, or something like that. So use the distractions too, like in your life, whether it's changing diapers or whatever it is that you have to do that's either a distraction or repetitive, and you can use that just to be like, I'm going to use that to put my thoughts to God. But anyway, side note. Yeah, so, I mean, the Bible talks about a groaning inside. And I, um, so for me, that has been something. And again, I wasn't comfortable with it because I didn't grow up um, in, in a church or in a family that, that danced. It was something I always wanted to do as a child. But only in the last couple of years really have I been exploring that. God really put it on my heart saying, like, if I want you to dance, you should dance. And I'm thinking, but what if I distract people around me? Or what? So it starts in my bedroom, and only recently have I had the courage to actually do it with other people because it is a very, per- it's a very personal thing. So um, for me, that's been a journey, and I'm growing in it. Another thing I love to do is use pictures. Um, and I love this for kids, too, because it, it just quiets your heart and mind down. If you just set, like, a, a painting or print off a picture of a painting or anything, or, like, a, even just a little candle, and just sit there and just, and just rest and just think about the beauty that God created it in that thing, whether it's the flame or, or the picture, and just thank him for that and just allow your, yourself to worship through observing the beauty that God created around you and going for walks. That can be a, a wonderful time of prayer where you're not necessarily using words. You're just using your being and who you are to commune with God and, and rest with him. Hmm. Well, why not? I know you invited the team uh, that you dance with to come, and so why don't you guys just give us an example of that? I mean, this is this is another way in which God has wired you up to express what's on your heart uh, to Him. And so we've got some music, and the team is going to come and dance for us now.
Like the sun that shines on everything I want to be the Desiree Leaving your dry soul of everything
Thanks to the team uh, for being with us this morning and sharing that uh, with us. You know, I wonder sometimes if uh, some of our prayers that come from those places of pain don't get expressed because somehow we feel like we have to get it all together, like we talked about earlier. We have to somehow clean ourselves up or get the words just right before we come to God uh, in prayer. So let's talk about that for a few minutes. When, when you've been in a crisis, how does that shape your prayer life? When you go through something of significant, uh, when you walk through the waters, the scripture says, I will be with you. Um, Brian, talk to us a little bit about some of your recent journeys. Sure. I hope that's not a lie detector. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> um, my wife and I went through uh, some difficult times over the last few years, and it, it seemed like uh, crisis after crisis was being layered one on top of the other, and I uh, wasn't quite sure how we were going to cope with the next level of crisis, and then another one would come. Um, we wanted to, to start a family um, shortly after getting married, and, and that didn't quite work out the way that we had planned, and uh, we'd lost a number of pregnancies, and um, we'd just lost our fourth, and it, it just seemed like everything was hopeless, and um, about a month after that, we were just starting to recover from that, and I uh, had a doctor's appointment to, to follow up on something and found out that I had cancer, and so it was this next layer of, of crisis um, that was being put on top, and, and it just kept stacking and stacking, and it really, it really shaped um, the way I talked to God and the way I approached God and the way that I approached prayer. Um, <clears throat> when I initially found out that I had cancer, my, my first instinct was to pray that I wouldn't have cancer anymore um, and, and that a successful outcome to these prayers was that God would take the cancer away. Um, as I got thinking and, and thinking on people who, who had had cancer and, and good, godly people who had been praying um, about their cancer situation or, or they had people who are surrounding them about their cancer situation, um, some of them were healed and some of them weren't. And so I kind of wrestled with what's the appropriate outcome to pray for. And so I, I came to a place where I started praying, not that I, I would be healed from cancer, and I wasn't praying that I wouldn't be healed from cancer either, but I started praying that, that in this situation that God would be glorified. Whatever outcome um, was going to be at the end of this, that that was how God was going to get the most glory. Um, whether I was healed, whether I wasn't healed, whether I passed away, whether I went through a long journey, whatever that was, whatever was going to bring the most glory to God, um, that, was, that was my prayer. And that was extremely freeing. Um, it, it took the element of failure out of it. Um, if I was praying to be healed and I wasn't, were me and my friends and family praying and did we fail in that prayer? Um, if we were praying for God's glory, then there's no way that, that we can fail in that prayer. And it was extremely freeing, and, and it really helped us to embrace, uh, embrace the cancer and embrace the trials and embrace the struggles and um, praying for God's glory. Jackie, talk to us a little bit about, about your journey, uh, you and Dave also with loss. And, yeah. Um, yeah, about... Uh... Four years ago, we lost our son. He was, uh, (laughs) Dave told me to stop talking. If you start praying, it'll go away. So I'm going to try that. Um, We lost our son. He was born too early. So uh, the doctors couldn't do anything. And so he died in my arms shortly after. And I have never experienced so much brokenness. And um, 
but at the same time, so much peace. I, I can't, it, it put meaning to the scripture, peace beyond understanding, because that's what it was. Although I was sorrowful and hurting and broken, I still felt God's presence. And in relating to prayer, I, my only prayers were, dear God, help, as we've said a few times. Like, I don't remember being able to pray anything beyond that. But I know there was lots of other people praying for us. But as we walked through that and as we came out the other side, I had this depth in my faith, which translates into your prayers. If, if you have faith in God and you believe he's bigger, you'll pray for more and you'll see him do more. And that's what I came out of that with. It, it is the one thing in my life that has increased my relationship with God, increased my faith, and um, just help me to realize that God really is bigger than anything that's going to come, and he will get you through it, no matter what. And um, I was reading in our Momentum journals this morning. The scripture was Psalms 29, I think. But, and it says, ascribe glory to the Lord, and he is thunderous. His name is mighty. He is great. He is, and it goes on and on. And this whole psalm is just saying how amazing he is. And then it says, and he is for his people. So we should have peace. And just that reality that when we pray, we can pray in his authority and he, knowing he is so big and no matter what, that he will give us peace. Yeah, it's good. You guys have talked a little bit about your experiences, and Jackie, you mentioned there were people praying for you. Do you find any, anybody, uh, Brian or Jackie or others, that prayers that were not helpful, like sometimes you know, you're, you're listening to people pray for you, and you're like, seriously, that's what you're praying for me for? Um, give us some examples so we can know how not to pray for people in crisis. Because sometimes we just, you kind of, you don't know how to pray, so it's just kind of whatever comes out of your mouth, and then as the person going through that, you think, that was actually kind of hurtful, or that wasn't helpful at all. Like, give us some examples of things not to pray for people who are going through ex- deep experiences. I think when I was going through uh, through the cancer journey, um, I was learning so much throughout the process of waiting on God and wrestling um, through a crisis of faith through the process, and, and also feeling intensely close to God. The prayers that weren't helpful were the prayers um, that people would offer that, that this would just be over really quickly. Um, I appreciated the prayers and the sentiment that people didn't want to see me suffer, but um, there was great value in, in the journey, um, in the actual process of going through it. There were certainly a lot of times during that journey where, um, where I didn't want it to keep going on for a long time, uh, but looking back on it, uh, the journey, the way it was, the timing that God had at the length of time that everything was, was absolutely perfect. And so the prayer for things just to be over quickly, um, I didn't find all that helpful. Um, I was praying those prayers myself sometimes, um, but keeping in perspective that, um, that it's not about the speed of the recovery. Um, it's about God being glorified through the process and that people can go through a process and learn what they need to learn um, during, that, uh, during that time. Um, and one thought I would have is, <laughs> like, it, it's kind of different. Like you said, Brian, you weren't actually in pain. You were dealing with this. But for us, it was very sudden and it was very emotional. And not that I have recollection of people doing this, but not long prayers. Like, when you're, 
when you're emotional, it's very tiring to be prayed for. But that I remember Brad, you and Meg coming and bringing us food. And I remember Meg, you praying, and it was simple, and it was sweet, and then it was done. And it was great. And um, more than anything, I think it's great to pray for people, but to let them know you're praying. Like, maybe don't, you don't have time right now to stop, or maybe not to take time out of their day, but to send an email or a note and say, hey, I was thinking about you, and I was praying for you. Done. And um, that that's, that's encouraging when you're walking through it, I found. Yeah, yeah. And just to... Uh that was a great reminder. Um, sometimes the prayers of others are a bit of a burden, um, when <laughs> as welcomed as they are. Um, one of the most powerful prayers and most helpful prayers that I received, um, somebody just wrote out their prayer, um, and then they emailed it to me. And it, I, I had to read it in chunks. Um, I went back to it. I could reflect on it later. Um, but yeah, not sitting down and, and um, burdening somebody with a really long prayer at the time, but emailing it out and writing it out is helpful. Yeah, we were, we were talking earlier this week, too, about how different our prayers seem to be now in the 21st century than historically the church has prayed. We pray for things like quick recoveries. We pray for all. And in the West, actually, we pray very differently than our brothers and sisters do in the global church. Lindsay, you've done some traveling. Uh, help us understand what can we learn from the global church about maybe uh, things in which they can teach us about prayer. Uh, from your time, you've been in Panama, in India, and in different places in the world. As you observe our brothers and sisters praying, what do we learn from them? What should we be learning from them? Um, I think I learned from them that I should be praying more. I don't know. Um, if you'd been any travel, um, you know, into basically anywhere outside of North America and had any interaction with the church there. Um, I remember in Haiti, we stay, when we're down with teams, we stay right at the orphanage that we're building. And they're up at 5 a.m. every single morning praying. It's not just like Wednesday morning prayer. It's every single morning and the weekend. And I think that um, really anywhere you just see such a priority on prayer. I think in North America we're quite, um, quite comfortable with our living situation or we just become very comfortable um, Christians and we don't see a need for God or a need to be praying um, in our day-to-day, whereas they're in such a different situation and have such a need for God that you just see that reflected um, in how they pray and how they interact with God. And I think that's something um, we may not have a need for food or a need for shelter, but we have deep needs for God in other ways. So, um, yeah, I just think I'm always reminded whenever I go that we could always be in prayer more, like always. So, and, But how to do that and not go, I'm not going to come home and pray every morning at 5 a.m., but maybe there's a change that I can make in my life to a point where I am doing that, maybe it doesn't happen, but, you know, what can I do in my life as a response to, you know, what I see the global church doing? Kara, talk to us a little bit about, I mean, how has God been giving you a heart for the world, and what does that look like in prayer? Like, what are some practical ways in which, I mean, you hear people talk about, I'm praying for the world. You're like, wow, that seems like a pretty big task. How long are you going to be at that? Like, what's, what are some specifics maybe you can give us and say, just a couple ideas about learning to pray a little bit more intelligently for what God's doing in the world? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still learning. Um, it's definitely a process, but some practical tips. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of Operation World, but it's a great um, tool that if you're wanting to pray for the nations of the world um, in specific ways, um, it offers 
lots of research and insight into details about countries and, and there you can pray for a country each day of the year or if there's a specific people group or country that you want to focus in on, it's going to, gives you lots of information and prayer points. So that's a good, good tool. And um, yeah, connect with a missionary and find out what the specific needs are um, in the area that they're serving in. Maybe ask God if there's a people group or, um, or a specific missionary that, that he's wanting you to partner with in prayer um, so that you can, your prayers can be more specific and pointed. I think just one quick thing. I, um, I lived internationally for a couple of years as a missionary, and I can't tell you how important it was for me to know that people were praying for me. So yeah, like, oh man, choking up. Leaving like a one-word email, like, hey, thought of you, praying for you today, that means so much. So if you know people that are serving wherever, and you can email and encourage them or call them or whatever in the days of Skype, that's super helpful and such a blessing for people that are in the field. So just know that their church or their family or their friends back home are thinking about them and are supporting them because it can be a very, very lonely um, time, very encouraging, but very lonely. And then to know that people are praying for specific elements of your situation, too. Like, I think these days we're praying uh, for Steph that the monkeys would leave her roof so that they would go and bother someone else so that she can actually sleep. You know, and that's a prayer. It, it communicates to her that you know what's going on in her life, that you care about the specifics, not just sort of, God bless Steph, wherever she is over there doing something, I don't know. You know, kind of more these general type prayers uh, in that category. So, Ruth Ellen, let's maybe use that as our transition point. Let's talk a little bit about some of the stations that we have set up and ways in which we usually work with the kids to do this. And we're actually going to physically do this as adults here today and try and put some feet onto some of these things. So give us some descriptors of what's going on, what, what kind of stations we have there. Yeah, let's start on this end here. Um, over here, you'll see a couple pieces of paper against the wall. And um, what we've done a couple times with Kids at the Ridge is we'll just put up paper like that. And we'll say, this is the Thanksgiving wall. Just write down prayers of Thanksgiving, that whatever it is that you are thankful for, as, um, and practice, think of all the different things you can think of to thank God for. So that's when you've got some pens over there. You can color. You can draw a picture if you, um, and especially with kids, like if they don't know how to write or whatever, they definitely do lots of pictures. So draw a picture of something you're thankful for. Um, then we have a card-making station. We call it the blessing station, where if um, God put it on your heart to bless another person, to pray for them, and then to bless them with a card, whether it's then you can say, hey, I was praying for you, or write your prayer down, or just say, this is a funny card. I think you will like it the end. Um, those that can just bless people. So there's some card making supplies. You can um, do that there. And then we have immediately down behind the aisle, there's a little silver jar. And in that jar is just a list of different people. So if you need help being more specific, you're like, there's tons of people. I don't know who to pray for. Just pull out a name. And it's got things like mother, father, grandmother, world leader, whatever. And so it just gives you, okay, I'll sit down and pray for this specific person. Um, and then you'll see a globe on a table over there. And what the kids have done before is they like spinning the globe. So they'll spin it and then stick the finger on it and they'll pray for whatever country their finger lands on. We've adjusted a little bit more. We've put some of, we didn't have all of them, but some of our missionaries um, 
contact cards and stuff there so you can go and pray for that specific missionary or just look at the globe and, and pray for the specific country. And that's a great place to start using your imagination in a very helpful, creative way. You can do like, Carol, what you were talking about. You can go and say, okay, this is the part of the world. What's the weather like? Imagine being there. Imagine being in their shoes. What are they doing? Read a brief, um, if you're praying for a missionary, what work are they doing? Imagine yourself there. And just say, what would I need if I was in that position? And you can, kids are great with their imagination, so really exercise that. And imagine yourself in their shoes, and then pray that God would meet those needs that you're imagining um, in, their, in their environment. Then you've got what we call our prayer corner, and we have this up every week, and the kids can go whenever, and it's just their quiet spot to be with God. So there's a cork board and some um, clips and paper, and you can just write out little prayers and clip it to that prayer wall, whatever kind of prayer it is. And then you have um, some cushions on the floor and some Bible, because another way we love to pray and be with God is engaging him in his story. So there's picture Bibles there, action Bibles, so as an adult you might find those interesting. Um, And just look through the story and just see, because the Bible is full of God's Prayer, it's, prayer is a communication with God, and that is full of it. So, and it's and like you said, Brian, and God can speak to you powerfully through a Bible, whether it's a picture, I am, I am always with you, Jesus, you know. Um, so engage with God that way. If you're not sure what to pray, just flip through his story and, and thank him for the different parts in the story. And you can take over the rest. There's a coffee and connection mm-hmm. table. We will now allow you to connect. Now you can connect <laughs> and have coffee. <laughs> Pray for somebody, just connect, talk with their lives. Um, And then there's also going to be some um, prayer people if you want. I don't know where they're going to be located. Yeah, we'll put the prayer team just up over here on this side. And then if you've got something specific that you would like somebody to pray with you about, then just come on up. So we're going to make that transition now. And uh, we would invite you just to move to one or more of those stations. These are ideas also. Just remember, this is a lab. So it's to help you kind of prompt some ways. You may want to try and incorporate some of these into your home environment and try and figure out, you know, go to, the, go to the dollar store, grab a map, stick it up by where you eat. And in the mornings, just get in the habit of sticking your finger on it and praying for somewhere or something like that. So these are just some tools that we want to give you and encourage. So based on the, I'm not good at math, but we'll probably have about 30 people at each station. And you've got about 10 minutes uh, to kind of move to those stations. And uh, so just feel free to kind of make your way over there now. If you're not sure what you want to do, you can, uh, you can stick in your seat and have a look in your Momentum Journal. You can write out some more of your prayer questions, write out something that stuck out to you from the panel discussion this morning. Uh, you can finish the maze on the back of the insert in the info sheet if you didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, you can draw a picture, do whatever. So that we're kind of turning you loose here. Uh, after about 10 minutes, then you can wander over if you're a parent and you'll need to head over to the Gymnastics Foundation and pick up your kids and check out, uh, check them out of there. Once you're finished at a station, you want to move over and grab some coffee or connect with somebody, spend some time with the prayer team, we'd invite you to do that uh, as well. So we're just kind of creating a space, just like we do at Kids at the Ridge, at the end of our time, to respond to God in some way. Sometimes when we're doing this as adults, we create a worship and song response, but today uh, we're just going to create an environment where you can move to one of those stations and uh, you can experiment with it, give it a little try. If you want to do a card, we'll be sending a package to Steph later on this week. And so if you want to write specifically to Steph, we'll bundle those up and send those to her. If you want to write a card to somebody that you know and either give it to them here this morning or take it with you and mail it to them, 
uh, then feel free. Any other instructions, Ruth Ellen? No, let's just, um, I'll just pray for you guys. I like to bless the kids before we go yeah. into this. So we'll just play, pray and bless that and mm-hmm. listen to what God might want you to respond through. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be here together. And we don't always have words to say, and it's awkward sometimes talking with you, and sometimes it's amazing. But Jesus, we really want to know how to, how to talk with you better, and we want to have that deep relationship. I ask that you would fill us with your spirit today, and that you would guide us and meet us here today as we respond and um, take initiative to meet with you in one of these ways. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so go ahead and move to one of those stations now. Let's thank our panel for being with us this morning and sharing their insights with us.